Hello and welcome to Profiles in Risk. I think I'm recording episode 118, no, no, excuse me, 218 today, something like that. Uh, and uh, this is your host, Tony Canyas, and today I have with me Jeff Brunken, who I'm assuming I pronounced your last name correctly. I, I always right. forget to ask. Perfect. Who is president of the MGIS companies out in Salt Lake City. Jeff, thank you for joining today. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. Did, did I lose you? Okay, perfect. I'm here. Doing, are you doing well today? Yeah, no, awesome. things, are, things are great. Uh, so uh, so I, I always give the, the, the guest the chance to, to kind of give the elevator speech on what your company does. Well, thanks. Yeah, we're, we're a little bit of a, an under-the-radar company, but we, uh, we do business with brokers in all 50 states. What we do is we uh, build and manage disability uh, insurance products for healthcare professionals. And uh, it, it's a little bit of a, a you know, an in-between product. You've got employee benefits, you've got property casualty. Disability tends to be right in the middle. We do business with quite a few folks on on both sides of the industry. Um, <clears throat> healthcare professionals are different. They're specialized. If you or I become disabled, our definition of working is our just ability to go to work, any occupation. But a doctor, their definition of work is their specialty. You know, they've built their practice around it. They've done all that. So we've, we've, uh, we, we build very specialized products that uh, you know, tie back to their billing codes and the specifics of their practice and, and so forth. And it's very interesting because you know, with all the change in healthcare uh, these days, you know, employment settings, you know, going from private practice to hospital, integrated systems and so forth, that impacts us and what we do with the product. So we, it keeps us very busy. Um, you know, tweaking the product, adjusting, working with the different um, yeah, situations, working with brokers who come to us and the carriers we underwrite for um, with their, you know, particular, you know, situations and so forth. It's, uh, but, it's but it's a good time because it, it's interesting. Um, during this COVID year, uh, what we're finding is the market is actually, um, you know, very focusing on, on coverages like disability insurance and they understand, you know, especially healthcare professionals, they understand how important it is to be covered. So it's actually been a very good year for us, uh, which surprises us, but uh, that, that's what we do. Uh, we, as, as I mentioned, we're, we're active in all 50 states. Uh, we've been doing this for almost 50, well, just over 50 years now. And uh, we, we keep adjusting the model, but essentially our core business is very much what it was when uh, my father started it back in 1969. So. Excellent. So, so, so a healthcare professional disability. Okay, that 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 makes a lot of sense. Uh, I actually, uh, I I come from a family of doctors. I, I am I'm the black sheep of the family, the only one that, that didn't go into <laughs> mental medicine. Uh, my my mom was was the first one. Uh, she's a lung specialist, and, and uh, then she was followed by one of her sisters who who became a uh, pediatric surgeon. Uh, and then uh, both of them told my generation, don't, don't go into medicine. Uh, like it swallows your life. It, it, you, you're, you have to be a lifelong student and, and uh, the money's good, but, but it, it, it's a lifestyle, not, not just a career. And out of my entire generation, I'm the only one that listened. Uh, 
Uh, so, so, so my, my oldest cousin is a, uh, an orthopedician. Uh, her, her sister is a, uh, pediatrician and the, the third sister is the only one that got a little bit away and she, she's a dentist, okay. uh, and the uh, then, uh, another cousin is, uh, trying to, she finished her, her general doctor's degree and, and is trying to go into emergency medicine. She's going through the application process for, for the residency. And uh, my sister, being the youngest in the generation, uh, who's 16 years younger than me, uh, just started med school uh, oh, wow. about a month ago. Uh, and she's, she's, she's uh, going to Masaryk University in the Czech Republic, getting her, her, uh, her degree out there. Uh, so yeah, I'm literally the only one that didn't follow in those footsteps. So, well, so the, I totally... Go ahead. The good news is if you get sick, you're going to have plenty of uh, oh. help. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's never been a problem. Uh, none of them practice in the U.S. Uh, so, so, but still, it's 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 uh, it's 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 it is very helpful to have them always at a at a, at a phone call. Uh, so, so, so I, I I completely like see now now insurance nerd Tony thinking my family and and yeah it right the insurance nerd in me knows that they're much more likely to get to become disabled than to die. Oh yeah. And. Uh, the, luckily, they don't have student loans be, 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 because th- they're in Costa Rica, where I'm from, and and and, and they were able to study for free there. And my, my sister's studying in Europe very cheaply. Um, but here in the states, when when you're talking about about people who who might owe three hundred, oh, yeah. four hundred, six hundred grand in in, in uh, student loans, and are making three, four, five hundred grand in, in in salary, that that is. Um, I've never been an agent. I'm assuming that it, it is hard to find disability for, for income at, at those levels. Yeah, well, so, uh, the, yeah, you're right. I mean, your, your high-earning uh, physicians typically will have to have different types of products. So typically, you'll have an individual product that somebody will buy when they're younger and they get to keep it for you know 20 years or whatever. And then most of what we do is on the group side. So, you know, you go to work for a, a clinic or a hospital and they'll buy the, they'll, they'll buy the coverage for all of their employees that, that, so that you've got the individual and that group comes in and then um, you've got high limit disability. We do all of it. You know, we, we do the individuals um, who, who want a permanent product. Uh, we do the groups and then we have, you know, we work with Lloyd's of London for, for certain high, high earning physicians who basically, you know, you pick a number and you just, you know, you, you just price it and so forth. But it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, and it, you know what, it's interesting you should say that because, <clears throat> you know, when, when uh, healthcare professionals come out of school here in the U.S., they're exposed to disability insurance. That's part of, you know, financial planning, you know, they all know about it. They, they're, they're aware of it. They, they know that, you know, statistically, you know, they need disability coverage. I mean, their, their specialized income is, is their most valuable asset. You know, they've invested all the schooling and time and, you know, they need to protect it. The, the problem, I mean, it's a very kind of fragmented marketplace out there. So the, the biggest challenge, frankly, most of the healthcare professionals have is where do I get enough of it? You know, you know, if, you know, because you, you buy a you, you buy a policy when you're young, coming out of school, you're not making any money, you know. I mean, and then you, you know, you increase it, and pretty soon you've maxed it out, but you, but, but you're not covering enough of 
you know, you can't get enough to replace like 70% of your income or, you know, whatever your financial planner recommends. So the trick is finding the right broker who really actually understands that it's a specialized kind of thing. Um, you know, how to cobble together the individual, the group and, and the high limit, you know, so, and, and what we do is, for example, when we build the different products, whether it be the individual product that the individual owns or the group that the employer purchases on behalf of the employees or the Lloyd's product, we make sure that they're consistent. Like you've got the same definitions and so forth. And we, we like to actually have the same people handling the claims so that no, there are no surprises because all that doctor wants is they just, they just want coverage. And if they've got to cobble together different policies, that's okay as long as they work the same. So, you know, that's, that's a big part of what goes on out there is, you know, I mean, working with the, working with, you know, brokers who, who are working with their, you know, I mean, it's very specialized, you know, training them, helping them to understand it uh, and just managing exceptions that come up, trying to help people have a good outcome and, uh, and all that. So, yep. Do, do, do you work mostly with a small set of specialty brokers that do a lot of this stuff or, or do you work with a very large set of, of agencies that, that, that don't see a lot of it, just see one every once in a while? It's all of the above. And we, we literally, we work with thousands of producers. But what's going on in the industry, as you know, I mean, with all the merger and acquisition activity, these small specialty brokers are going away and they're joining the, the, the bigger, the national firms. And so that, that's another twist to this whole thing is, you know, I mean, as, as, the, as those clients, those books of business migrate from, you know, through the sale to a larger organization, there might be different teams involved. There might be, they, they might be moving that into some sort of a, you know, a vertical for disability insurance within that broker firm, you know, or whatever, um, executive benefits, whatever you want to call it, then we're working with different people and we're having to, you know, for example, if you, if a sale happens midterm on, in a policy, it comes up for renewal, our products are expensive, right? And so that broker at renewal, they're looking at this expensive product. And so we, we need to make sure that they, they understand why the client bought that. You know, what's the difference here? What, and, and it's actually pretty important too, because you don't want to, you don't want, you don't want your, you wouldn't want your brother or your sister who are, you know, doctors to have the wrong policy and not have, not have the right kind of coverage. And so, so we're, we're, uh, we're spending quite a bit of time, you know, throughout all this transition. So, the short answer is we work with all of the above, you know, property and casualty firms that have employee benefit teams, um, the opposite, you know, employee benefit firms who do, or, but more and more, it's the big national, either national regional type, type firms that have dedicated teams. And some of the people kind of go with those transactions. Sometimes they don't, but either way, you're just spending a lot of time educating and training. I mean, what we do doesn't really, um, you know, we're considered an, an ancillary benefit, right? So um, it, it's important. It, it actually is really, really important to the doctors. But say, for example, they're working in a large practice setting or a hospital. Well, I mean, you know, the, even though um, 
even though the disability protection really is important to the individual physicians and could really affect their life positively or negatively, the people making those decisions are they're more worried about the health plan, you know, or, you know, that's where the real money is or, or the, you know, the property, you know, the, the bigger, the, the professional liability, you know, and so forth. And so um, another challenge we face, frankly, is getting enough shelf time, you know, to make sure that we've got enough time to make sure, um, you know, the client, the broker, everybody involved, that they, they understand this coverage before they just, you know, they just run out of time and they go for the lowest cost because we're rarely the lowest cost. <laughs> and, and so it's all about selling the value, helping people understand, you know, the contract and so forth and all that. So, yeah, it, but yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting time. I mean, you've got so much M&A um, activity that uh, I, I, it's hard to even think of anybody that was around 10 years ago that hasn't sold or moved or, you know, a lot of movement. Lot yeah, of movement. It's, it's, it's hard to, to even keep up. Like, I, I feel bad. I, I used to be a, uh, a sales manager uh, for, for carriers. And, and I, I, like, there's so much money in the, the broker space that, that it's going to be a hard job today where, where, like, a third of your territory buys each other every year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, tons and tons of money in, 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 the, in the agent and broker space. Yeah, the old way of for, keeping track of people with sure. business cards. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn. Thank heaven for LinkedIn. I mean, you can at least find somebody now <laughs> with the old business yeah. cards. Forget it. <laughs> uh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and so you've got 31 years at at, uh, at, at MJIS, which was founded by by, by your dad. Uh, I'm curious. On is there a, an origin story? Is there a, a uh, how did your dad come up with the idea of, of creating the company? Was he already in, 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 in that side of insurance? No, he, um, so my, my father, when he started out, he was working for a small insurance agency in Eugene, Oregon. And what he began to see, I mean, he had a couple of clients that were, were um, you know, doctor groups, and so forth. And what he, what he, what he started seeing was a trend. This is back in, I mean, this was back in the sixties or, you know, I mean, he didn't start this company until 69. So fifties and sixties where it was predominantly solo practice here, you know, is, you know, Marcus Welby, you know, that that's, that's where our country was. And then you had a few of the large clinics, you know, Mayo, um, Geisinger, you know, some of these, you know, Cleveland clinic, those all started out as, you know, like 20, 30, 40, 50 doctors, you know, uh, practicing in a group. And, and frankly, uh, we, we worked with all those, all those groups from the very beginning when they were just these like small partnerships. Well, nobody, nobody really had a product for groups. And his premise was um, he, he was really the one who, um, I mean, if anybody should can take credit for uh, group long-term disability for physicians, it's him. I mean, he, he was the one. 
um, his his whole his whole premise was listen you know a physician practice and that's still the pra- that, that's still the premise we follow essentially today a, a a physician practice is like any other small business or you know with business with partners you've got say for example you got 10, 10 physicians in a in a in a practice it's it's just like 10 accountants or 10 attorneys they're all basically you know producing revenue and and so if one of those physicians becomes disabled, you know, at some point, the other, the other nine physicians are going to be, you know, pushing them to get back to work. I mean, you know, when they're ready, I mean, there's sort of a built-in incentive to get back to work. And, and so back, back then there was really no product design for this. It was all just individual stuff. And, you know, and so he, he worked with, I don't even know the name of the company, uh, Slippery Rock, uh, you know, mutual insurance company of Maine or something. I don't know. <laughs> and, and they put together a product and it went through different companies. And, uh, you know, today we underwrite on behalf of Sun Life uh, nationwide, but, you know, I mean, it was Hartford and before that it was, you know, Connecticut, you know, we've gone through different companies, but, you know, so essentially the, the main premise we follow today is that if you've got healthy physicians, I mean, you know, physicians working for a profitable practice, making, you know, a good living, they're happy. They're not going to be going out on disability. And, and, and so we can price our product. I mean, our products t- tend to be uh, more feature rich than most of our competition. And we price it accordingly. And, and, and uh, it's a profitable, very stable program we have. It's, it's, it's the oldest block of its type in the whole country. And that's because we, we spend quite a bit of time, just, we don't, we don't write just anybody. We, we, we really try to focus on, okay, let's, let's learn about this clinic. Is this a stable business or are they up and down? You know, um, if it's a stable business, the people working there, they're going to be happy, motivated, um, you know, and so forth and so on. We, we don't see very many physicians in our, and we've got thousands and thousands of physicians. We don't see very many physicians in our, in our um, block that are, you know, malingers who are trying to use disability insurance as, you know, kind of a way to get it. You hear, you hear stories. We just don't see it. Um, you know, it happens, but I mean, it, it's a very healthy block um, focusing on the group stuff. And even with like, for example, our Lloyds of London, where we come in and, and we'll write an individual out of that group, um, you know, with the higher, you know, policy on top of it, we really only focus on those individuals who are part of a group, a healthy group that is financially well run, um, stable, you know, the doctors are highly motivated, you know, most of them are high you know, very high achievers and they, they love what they do, even though it is difficult. But generally, I mean, we see the other side of medicine where, you know, I mean, doctors uh, are highly motivated to keep doing what they're doing, you know, and uh, they're not looking for ways to get out of it at all. So. I, I would think that, that, Get, getting into medicine, like, like getting to a point where, where you have your, your MD or, or, or even more your specialty, um, it, it's not something you can fake, right? It, it, it's, right. It's, it, it, it's a calling and, and it wasn't right. easy to get there. And, and once you get there, 
you want to do it, right? That's the, otherwise, you would not have, like, so you, you can put up with, with four years in an undergrad program you don't like, but eight or 15 uh, for all the way through your specialty. Get through that intern and residency and yeah, everything. Uh, it's, yeah, there's no way to, there's no way to outlast it and just gut it out if you don't really, um, you know, connect with it. If you don't feel like, uh, you know, I mean, you're motivated, you feel like you're doing the right thing. I mean, that's, you know, we're just generalizing and there are always going to be, you know, exceptions and so forth. But that's what we see. I mean, we see, and again, if, I mean, if, yeah, just judging from the, the health of our um, insurance block or client block, I mean, it, it's a very stable and growing, um, you, you know, field. It's also interesting. We always hear about the negative stuff, you know, the, the, the headlines and so forth. But the other half of it is we have a physician shortage now. I mean, they estimate that we're 50,000 physicians short. And that shortage is expected to expand to almost 200,000 over the next by, by 2030. So it's actually a really good time to be a healthcare professional if you think about it. And they're in a great position to negotiate. In fact, we, we preach that a lot. I mean, you know, we, we, uh, we want our brokers to remind, remind doctors that, hey, and, and, our, and the clients, you know, the, the group practices, you have, if you have the best benefits, yeah, compensation is a great way to retain people, but benefits are are really, you know, a pretty powerful way too. And um, so that's a big deal. A hospital administrator, same thing. I mean, in the past, it's always been, you know, cost cutting CFOs and so forth. But I mean, with all, there's a lot of M&A going on in the healthcare business. So these hospitals are buying physician practices. Well, it's, it's a bad outcome if they buy the practice and they can't keep the docs. Cause that's, the, you know, the patients follow the doctors. That's what you're awesome. buying. Yeah. Yeah, the, exactly. The, the building, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the nice building is uh, you significantly overpaid. If yeah. That's what you get out of the transaction for sure. Right. Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, and I was looking at, at, at your LinkedIn, and we were chatting a little bit before we started recording. And so you started, you had a, a little bit of, or, uh, yeah, you had some insurance career before joining your your dad's company. Yeah. Uh, so you were an underwriter for what was at the time St. Paul's, right? Yeah. Not what is now, which was later acquired by Travelers. So so you were a MedMal underwriter? Yeah, so I worked for St. Paul Insurance Company. Back then, uh, St. Paul was, was the number one writer nationally of medical malpractice insurance. And uh, the way they organized St. Paul, they had a, a, a division called, uh, what was it called? Medical, uh, can't even remember now. We focused on the healthcare business. And it was really interesting at that, at that time to be an underwriter with St. Paul because say, for example, if you had a hospital, um, we, focused, we, we focused on it as an industry, but we would write, we would underwrite every coverage for those, those risks. So for example, you know, hospital, we do, we do the property, you know, the building, we would do the uh, hospital professional liability. We would do the, um, the commercial auto cause they've got ambulances. We would do the boiler, you know, cause you got, I mean, just work comp, the whole thing. It was fascinating. And we would actually place our own reinsurance. 
um, it was before, yeah, it was, it was really fun because we, you know, this goes back a few years, but it was, it was, it was just fun work because we, we worked with the brokers. We had internal teams. We had, uh, we would underwrite it. And then we had teams that would put the forms together and, you know, make sure everything was done, you know, accurately and all that. And then we would place the reinsurance with these little sheets that we'd fill out. It was a facultative uh, play. It was, it was a lot of fun, but it was a great, company to work for back then in terms of training you know learning um you know i don't do medical malpractice stuff anymore but i'm telling you all of that uh training and education exposure i had to the the healthcare business you know the business side how it's structured and what you know really helps me today you know i mean it's it's you know i mean it's relevant because our entire client base um you know, as a provider of disability insurance, it's healthcare providers. And whether it be a hospital who's purchasing this on behalf of all their employees or carving out the physicians separately, you know, as a, a separate foundation, you get into the business structures or whether it's an integrated system, you've got uh, 10, you know, group practices who are working together as some sort of a, uh, you know, a network, you know, we, we, we've created a version of our product that, uh, you know, works with that. And, and so for me personally, it's been, it's been really helpful and also gratifying to, you know, it's like, yeah, you, you want to build on your career. You want to be able to use, you, you, you know, leverage it step-by-step step as you go through it. And, and fortunately I've been able to do that. So. That, that is, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and, I thank you for, for, for the description of what it was, the, the, the underwriting uh, of Medmal back then. Uh, underwriting is still a great career. Uh, it is rare that you get to touch that many things. I, I, was, I was middle market with, with Liberty, and, and I, 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 I got to do everything except for the umbrella. And uh, rarely, a couple times a year, I, I got to, to get the, the facultative. Uh, most other other most most other things were 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 covered by 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 our treaty or were just not big enough to to need a reinsurance mm -hmm. at, at a company as large as, as Liberty. But yeah, that would have been a lot of fun for to do like soup to nuts the, the whole thing. Uh, what a lot of our listeners and a lot of our, of our readers are the reason they connected with with insurance nerds and started to listen to the podcast is because they're trying to grow their insurance career. So they're early on in their insurance career, they're trying to grow. So what advice do you have for a young insurance professional? Like think really entry level with somebody sitting in, in the call center at, farm, uh, at, at State Farm or, or Nationwide uh, doing really entry level claims or, or service. Uh, if, if they have an interest in the healthcare side and they, they want to grow into uh, the healthcare side, whether that's MetMal or whether that's medical liability or whatever, what, what, what's the path? What, what should they seek? Uh, what should they study? Are there, are there designations? What, what's, the, what's the path into your side of the industry? Yeah, well, there are designations. Um, I think that that's more of a kind of a, an addition to type thing. I do what I did. I mean, I was working, I, I, I got out of college and I was working for my dad. My plan was to go get my MBA. So I was doing my two years of work, you know, and so forth. And they had some. They had a medical malpractice program that they needed somebody to, to run, and I nobody cared about it. So I did that, and I thought, well, I'm not going to learn anything about medical malpractice working for my dad, you know. So I picked up the phone and uh, I called up St. Paul. Right? I mean, 
quite a few phone calls. They, they were the biggest. So I interviewed for a job, went to work for them. I figured if I wanted to learn about that business, I needed to go to work for the company that was the best at doing it. So I always uh, advise young people who are starting out, and if they have an interest in um, a type of coverage or an industry, find out which company is the best and find out which company uh, does the best uh, in training their folks. I mean, you're not going to learn, typically, you're not going to learn a lot about this stuff um, you know, in a, working for a smaller company that doesn't have the resources to train, you know, and so forth and the commitment and all that. And so for, fortunately, uh, you know, one of the best moves I ever made was, you know, leaving my, my dad's company and going to work for St. Paul at the time. They, they were really a, just a high quality company and um, learning, learning a lot about the sector. I mean, I, 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 I'm telling you, I, I use stuff every day still that, that uh, I learned back then. And, th and then, you know, get to know people. So along the way, you know, you look for opportunities to network, um, just make sure you're, if there are functions, if there are industry functions, whether it be, uh, you know, plus or, or uh, you know, NAFA, or, you know, depending on, you know, what your industry focus is, join, join those things and, and network and get to know people. You, you can't, you, you can't just do one or the other. I mean, you got to do both. Uh, you've you've got to work for the company that's going to you know, run you through the structured formal training. So you really, you know, like you're tested and you, you learn things. But then when you're rubbing shoulders, that's the other half of it. You hear what's going on. You get to know people. You find out about opportunities that, uh, that you may be interested in, you know, people that you want to work with or, you know, people, you know, will reach out to you. And uh, so... And I have spent time getting the designations, but I didn't ever view that as, as a substitute for any of these other things. I mean, that was just in addition to you, 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 you do that on your own time. That's important because I, th I th frankly, I think, uh, you know, one thing it demonstrates to other people is you care, you know, you, you take your career seriously and so forth, but go to work for the right company, <laughs> a company that can train you network with the right people, you know, put some effort into it, invest time in networking and things will open up, you know, the things will come your way. Yeah. Fantastic. Somehow looking at your, at your LinkedIn, uh, before we chatted, I missed the fact that you're a CPCU. Uh, I hadn't realized that and you're, you're a CPCU and an RPLU. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, I'm a CPCU fanatic, and, and a lot of our listenership is pursuing CPCU or has pursued CPCU. Uh, so if you got yours in 94, I don't think that was Hawaii. Where, where was the trip that year? I don't even remember. Um, in, fact, <laughs> I, in fact, I don't think I even went to the national um, – I, I don't, I don't, I think I was too busy to, to attend, you know, you know, like the year you get it, you they have the national meeting and stuff. I don't think I went. Um, it was probably someplace great and I was too busy trying to just pay my rent. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm a big believer in education. Um, I really am. I enjoy it. You know, I, I agree completely. And, and our, our PLU, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that. RPLU is a lot more closely related. I don't, I don't have my RPLU, but I'm assuming RPLU is a lot more closely related to what you, you, to what your company does today. 
Yeah, well, actually, so so RPLU, Registered Professional Liability, is, is very focused on, um, you know, so I was doing MedMal by that point. And so it was very, very much in, you know, you know, focused on the healthcare professional liability, directors and officers, you know, the various professional liability lines. That was great education too. CPCU is sort of a broad, it's a great broad foundation. And I wish I was, I wish I could say that I passed all the tests the first time. It was, it was challenging, right? I mean, but got it done. And, you know, I mean, you know, after work, after family, and, you know, you, you, you got to give things up and just do it, you know, but yeah, it's all good. It's an investment that you will never regret. That, that's what, that's what I've always told people about, about CPCU. It, it, yeah, it'll be hard. And it's an investment that, that you'll never regret. I agree. Um, so, so uh, it, it's, it's been, it's been really interesting to, to, to chat with you. Thank you. Um, I, I feel like I've learned a lot about the disability side, especially when it comes to, to, to medical piece. Uh, very, 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 very interesting. Uh, so, so thank you so much for, for, for joining me today. Basically, uh, I look forward to see, to see what, what, what you guys uh, do go, going forward, uh, especially with, uh, with uh, the, the ever-changing environment of, oh, yeah. of uh Of, of, of the, the the healthcare side uh, here here in, in, in the U.S., uh, I think that that it'll be you, you'll you'll continue reinventing the company. Basically, I, I'm sure of that. Well, there's nothing about 2020 that's predictable, and uh, no, we've all kind of made it through, and it, it is it is sort of uh, it's a crazy time. But no, I mean I appreciate you having me. It's been fun. It's it's fun, you know, chatting and comparing notes and and all of that and. And ho hopefully um, I said something that can be useful for somebody. <laughs> oh, you, you most certainly have. It, it's, uh, I notice it all the time here in the, in the industry. There's a lot of academic creep where we assume that just because we do it every day, everybody knows it. And you, you forget just, right? Most people have a tendency to, to forget just how much, uh, how useful uh, this conversation would have been if you had heard it 15 or 20 or 30 years ago. Um, so yeah, no, I, I, gar I guarantee sometime in the next year, I'm going to get a couple of emails saying, oh my God, I loved the interview with the medical disability guy. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much. I am now trying to get into that side of the industry. Always happens. Uh, so, so, so thank you so much for, for your time. Uh, and uh, hopefully at some point we'll, we'll, we'll have you back uh, for an update as, as, as things have significantly changed. Good. Okay. Appreciate it. Thank you.